Welcome to the Multiply Church Resource Podcast. We are your hosts, Casey and Stephen, coming to you from some remote locations. They fancy, fancy locations. Stephen, how are you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling great. How are you feeling, Casey? I, I mean, I'm a little sunburned already. Wow, that was quick. But doing okay here in the beautiful, dirty Myrtle. I mean, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That was quick. What was quick? Getting sunburned. You just got there. Oh, well, I mean, I'm out by the pool, like, immediately. It was just, it was time. Obviously. So what's up, man? This past weekend, how are you feeling about it? Same as every weekend. Okay. Obviously, a lot of pressure. Tons of pressure. Oh, my gosh, because of who was at the gathering. We had the Joel and Diane Crimmins in the flesh. That's true. All the way from Albany, New York, decided to come down just to hear... The teaching, the prophetic teaching of Stephen Knopp. I was really pumped to have him. Me too. Some of the most encouraging people I've ever met in my life. I'll tell you. Now, and then you, then, you, then you wonder why their, their son is the way he is. Yeah, there's, it explains a lot. Explains a lot. Oh, yeah. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Anyway, but before we got to the message of messages, which I'm excited to walk through because you made it through 10 full verses in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians. But before that, my main man, Al Enns, one of the elders or or future elders, uh, executive team members of Multiply Church, decided he wanted to pull a fast one on his son-in-law, Casey. He did. He kind of flipped the script a little bit because he's noticed that a lot of times when we're in the storytelling and in the celebrating what God is doing, it's you, Casey, and I interviewing people and asking other people questions and he decided to switch that up and he was the one that was asking you questions so that you could tell some of your story he did and and some of it i mean like we always do there's some upfront heads up like hey we should this is kind of some of the stuff we're talking about but i was not fully aware of where it all was going because i thought it was just kind of like a hey People don't really know what like your day is like. People don't know like what your mindset is as you step into this. And I was like, oh, well, I'm happy to share that. Obviously, it's not necessarily like a Sunday morning discussion all the time. So happy to share that. But all of a sudden, a video started playing. Yeah, it was an audition uh, from American Idol. Uh, it was a guy named Colby who was a country singer. And they made a note of the holes in his boots. And of course... I think it's Luke Bryan. Is that the name of the judge? Is he a country star? He's a country singer, yeah. Does that sound right? Then yes. Okay. For sure it's that guy. Okay, that guy um, did this. And, you know, you could kind of see it coming, but he took his boots off and gave his boots to Kobe uh, because Kobe's boots had holes in them. Very sweet of him. And then Al turns to me and goes, uh, do you want to tell your version of this story? And I was like, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there. I, I didn't watch this. I had no earthly idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, when Al saw this happen on American Idol, it reminded him of several years ago when Casey was uh, pretty new in vocational ministry and was in his office one day at the church where he was serving at the time. And a man comes off off the streets and says, I need some shoes. And so the lady at the front desk calls Casey and says, hey, there's nobody else here. Would you come out here and help this man out? And so you come out. Can you alleviate the situation? (laughs) Yeah, could you take care of this? And you come out and he says, 
I need some shoes. And so you took your shoes off and handed your shoes to him and he put them on and they appeared to fit and he walked out with your shoes. Although I guess they were no longer your shoes, they were his shoes. Yeah, that dude took my shoes, man. I I got he took them right off your feet. Right off my feet. Yeah, well, the part yeah. he didn't talk about was how he wrestled me to the ground and, and ripped them off of my feet. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but it was interesting. Like, I, I, that was almost five years ago. Like, I'm literally, th- that was probably within the first three months of me being in full-time vocational ministry. And I remember thinking every day, like, just like, uh, not that this is a good parallel, but in my mind, when you're like, auditioning for or or maybe you're a a baseball player and you're playing like for fun and you just love the sport but then all of a sudden one day you make it into the professional league and they're like now paying you to play the sport uh your your mindset my mindset at least started changing i was like oh man like i i need to be this guy i need to be this this type of person and would just constantly be thinking what would what would like a good pastor do in these situations and with no real formal training uh stuff like that was kind of like oh like i guess this is what a good person would do (laughs) so so apparently al remembered because i hadn't thought about that in probably five years yeah i think that's great and it wasn't because you were a pastor it was because you're casey and you're a follower of jesus and I'll say this about you because it would be weird for you to say it, but that just really illustrates your heart. And there's a lot about you and your story that the community of Multiply and others still need to hear, and we're going to find opportunities for them to hear about it. But if anyone were ever to question, why would you follow Casey? Why would you go along with something Casey is doing or leading? Like That is one of the greatest illustrations of why, because that's your heart. You know, you take the words of Jesus very literally, literally and as lord of your life if someone comes to you with a need and i mean obviously you had other pairs of shoes and you had the means to go to the store and buy a new pair of shoes which this gentleman probably did not so you were literally just doing what jesus told us to do and that's who you are and that's your heart and i think that's what al was trying to get to uh, by presenting this story and you know, I just suck at that. Well, okay, I'm done with this interview. It's over. I can't. I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn off my microphone. Okay. <laughs> so then, now I now it's my turn. As we then turn the page, uh, Jeremy Smith, man, just such a great time of worship uh, yesterday. And then as we get to the message, I, I'm just gonna be honest with you, bro. I was a little skeptical. Okay, like I'm. I was a little. Like, okay, Stephen just wants to plow through and get us through this book of Ephesians. And I'm like, man, 10 verses. Like, can he do it? And can he do it within the allotted time frame to get people out, like, before lunch? And, man, you you crushed it. Like, I, I, I don't know how else to say it. it was, uh, we'll walk through some of this right now. But um, I just thought the handling of it, the continuity of the thought from verse 1 to verse 10 and how it sets up and gets us to that place to understand this you know, no one can boast, uh, and that God's like attempting to put Himself on display through us. So if we like hide ourselves, it doesn't make a whole ton of sense because Jesus like wants to use us to put Himself on display, like all those things. But to understand the, the beginning parts of that scripture, to work our way through, man, I thought you did a phenomenal uh, job of that. So uh, we'll try to piece some of that together over the next several minutes here. Uh, but starting first in that first section, I mean, what does it talk about? It talks about the reality of the fact that we all were dead, like dead in our sins, dead in our uh, transgressions, 
and and there's no one that can escape that reality. Yeah, absolutely. And as I was reading through uh, the second chapter of Ephesians, it made sense that these 10 verses really go well together. And there is that thread that, that runs throughout the 10 verses that leads to this uh, greater message. And it's really a retelling of the gospel for Paul. All right, he's, he's just reiterating the gospel in this section of this letter uh, to this gathered group of believers in Ephesus. And he starts with the reality that, that we are the walking dead, right? Uh, all of humanity. And it doesn't matter Jew or Gentile, you know, ethnicity, family of origin, uh, socioeconomic class. Like, none of those things matter. It's all a level playing field, and we're all dead in our transgressions and in our sin. That's where the story begins. Yeah. And then from there... Like, I think the the revisiting of what we studied back in, like, January or, or February in, in the enemies of our soul and Satan, the flesh. Yeah, it was great. It's right there in the text. Yeah. So we're not adding it in or trying to make it up. It's, you know, we focused pretty heavily for a few weeks on the fact that it's the world and it's the flesh and it's the enemy, that those are the three, those are the three, uh, enemies of our soul that we are fighting, right? The enemy being Satan. So there's there's Satan, uh, the flesh, and the world. And it's all right here in this text, all three of them. Yeah, wrapped up to, to the point where, and and Paul, who is normally pretty uncomfortable, I'm just going to just not lie for a second. I mean, he's very encouraging in some parts, but then how he can slice into a truth that we probably in the Western uh, American church aren't so... Uh, uh, good at when he says something like, hey, y'all, like either you're serving uh, Jesus or obedient to Jesus uh, or you're serving someone else and that someone else is Satan. So I think your your statement was to be disobedient to Jesus is to be subject to Satan because he talks about the fact that there's a world out there kind of living by the flesh and living on the things and being disobedient. And that's like a key marker of their uh, war against God is their disobedience. And that's, that's not a fun thing to hear, but a good reminder of while we have this beautiful identity in Christ, when we are in Christ and have, are following him, there's also reality of what, what is going on when you're not in Christ and what, what's happening in, in your world when you're not obedient to Jesus. And so that was uncomfortable, but a great uh, foundation to then launch into the rest of the gospel message. Yeah. And he, as he goes on and moves his way through the gospel, it's that, you know, we are made alive in Christ, right? And so even that point about, well, I might not be trying to be obedient to Jesus, but I'm still a pretty good person. Like everything breaks down at that point. Everything becomes subjective. And we create this own narrative that is uh, much more palatable of good and bad. We say, well, I'm a pretty good person, right? I mean, I, I do good things. Yeah. And, you know, people would look at me and say, he's a pretty good person or she's, she's pretty good. And it becomes about good and bad when for Paul, the narrative is never about good and bad. It's about dead and alive. So this bar none was your was the strongest point. And I think for, for our community to take away, uh, OK, one of two, but this was the strongest that this is not about good versus bad. This is about death versus life. Like if, if there was a way, and you and I were talking about this even before the call, if there was a way for us to, to dive deeper into the implications 
of like, what's the difference between having a mindset of good versus bad versus death versus life? I think the the kingdom implications of that and how we would then live our lives are, are huge, like huge implications because there's no longer a comparative horizontally anymore of like, oh, I kind of did this or this is what, you know, God wants me to do. It's no, no, no. Jesus came to bring life, like period, end of sentence. And then you live out of that life that you then have. Right. And it's not just life. It's the abundant life. Correct. And the abundant life now. Yes. I thought that was the other piece, like as we kind of land the plane these next couple of minutes, why don't you talk through uh, the implications then of, of why that might uh, compel us to be people that share our faith? Yeah, absolutely. And the whole point of this is to encourage people to share their story, to share their faith. And the reason is because the mission of Multiply is to make disciple makers. Well, we're not going to make a disciple, much less a disciple maker, if we're not sharing our story and sharing our faith with others. You know, just like prayer is vital to the process, sharing your faith and sharing your story with others is also vital to the process of making disciples and making disciple makers. So this is not optional in the mission of the founder, Jesus Christ, and in the way that we try to continue in that mission alongside Jesus today, here and now. And so that's why it's such a big deal. Uh, for us to not necessarily become comfortable, but for it to be a regular routine and to see how uh, we can share our story and share our faith with those around us. And it's because um, other people are dead in their transgressions and in their sins. And as we share our stories and as we share our faith, um, it presents a, a message and an opportunity for others to step out of that reality as the walking dead and to step into the life that they, we can only find in Jesus. Mm. And it's in the here and now, right? Like, yeah, like you said, it's not, we're not trying to get souls saved for heaven, like someday in the distance in the future. Uh, but it's, it's right now, it's today that we can live and we can experience the abundant life. And like Paul says, even in this passage, that we've already been raised up in the present to the heavenly realms and seated with Christ Jesus. Yeah. Like not one day, but now. Yeah. Yeah. So man, that's uh that's a ton to chew on. Check out Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. There's tons in there. We hope you uh, thought this was useful, helpful. Hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. See you soon.